2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to your very latest episode of the Euro Trip. Thank you very much for tuning in to what is now episode 15 of the podcast. We're here every single Wednesday. And last week on the show, we made a little bit of a promise to you, dear listener. Uh, By we, I mean me, Rob, and you, James. Hello, James.
4: Hi Rob, yeah we made a bit of a promise didn't we? For some reason or another we were talking about poetry and one of us had the clever idea of writing Eurovision based poetry which does sound a bit more boring than it will actually turn out to be I promise you. Last week on the podcast we
3: promised that I would bring you a sonnet and James you would bring us a haiku of course. When I promised a sonnet and this was on last week's European quiz that I did that, I forgot how many rules there were to a sonnet to begin with. So a sonnet, of course, that William Shakespeare was famous for. This is turning into a bit of an English literature lesson. Uh, 14 lines. That's fine. I've done that. Uh, There was a specific rhyming structure, which I have also followed. And then it gets a bit more complicated. Supposedly, this is supposed to have 10 beats per line. It doesn't. Uh, Which I believe is called... Iambic pentameter which as you said earlier is
4: a is a phrase that i hadn't heard since I was about 12 years old oh dear so this this turned into a bit of a task for you at least for me it didn't haiku if you don't know is five syllables seven syllables five syllables so it was really really easy for me rob you've probably been practicing your homework all weekend so would you like to go first with your beautiful eurovision based sonnet i am ready so cue the music and i think there we are we're in the mood
3: dear listeners and I present to you my sonnet, which uh, I've just realised is is untitled. Uh, so I'm just going to call it An Ode to Eurovision. <laughs> if there's one thing we all love, it's Eurovision. The contest comes and goes. Each year, each song, we make a decision. Ask us while we're obsessed. Nobody knows. Maybe it's the kings and queens that take to the stage. The pyros, the fire, the love, the passion. Remember in 2018 when ballads were all the rage? And then, well, of course, there's the fashion. There's voting too, which can leave you feeling wary. As the points add up, we wait with tension. If you're from the UK, it's all usually quite scary. Who came up with this nerve-wracking invention? One thing's for sure, the contest is here to stay. It comes once
4: a year, usually in May. <laughs> oh, Bob. Well done. That was wonderful. You did put a lot of effort into that, didn't you? Yeah, that was
3: my afternoon today when I was supposed to be at work. So if my employers are listening, I want it to be known I was working hard, but unfortunately <laughs> not on the work that I was given.
4: Oh, that's fantastic. Now, I feel like yours is going to put mine to shame, with mine just being three lines. It's
3: not about the quantity. It is about the quantity, as we always know. You're a small man. You should know that by now.
4: <laughs> oh, now then, mine, my haiku is also untitled but we'll we'll leave it that way we'll just leave it untitled Uh, but here is my haiku about not just you in general but a specific person and also apologies that you have to do that with the shakespeare music but it's all we've got that's okay we'll roll with it so here is my haiku in your eyes she sang neve kavanagh in mill street wherever that is
0: The dance macabre begin.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and a very warm welcome.
1: I know the only one show in the world that combines it all. Singing, music, dancing, traditional and ethnic styles.
2: It's massive. It's twice the Super Bowl. It's like 200 million people. When we reach the end of the show in approximately three to eight hours, we will have a new champion.
5: Now let's get to
2: it.
0: Are you ready to party Europe? It is easy. What I say, what I say. This is the Euro Trip.
3: Hello and welcome to your favorite Eurovision podcast. We're the Euro Trip with me, Rob, me,
4: James. And this week, Glenn Vella. That's right, it's the third time we've gone to Malta for the big interview, having already spoken to Miriam Christine and Philip Vela in the past, but this week we're going to speak to Glenn Vella. And I promise you, we've got some fantastic stories to come from him later on in this week's episode. Yeah, if you can't quite place the name, Glenn represented Malta in Eurovision 2011 in
3: Dusseldorf. As James said, he's got some great stories from his time in Dusseldorf. Also some great stories about his eventual journey to Eurovision because he was trying for a long, long time before he finally got the ticket to represent Malta. And I really caught Glenn in a bit of a feisty mood, actually. He was... He was uh, keen to talk about a number of different subjects, including that controversial rule about live vocals that we spoke about on last week's podcast. And he had this message for the organisers of Eurovision.
2: To be honest, I like it if it has to be done with orchestra. Since orchestra's not there, at least, at least, we will have the vo- all vocals live, you know? So, EBU, wake up
4: that's right he's uh he's on one this week Uh, so we'll hear more from glenn on all sorts of things a little bit later on in the show but we've also got all of the usual stuff you come to know and love here on the podcast we'll have the latest news roundup in the news in 90 very shortly we'll also have a european quiz another chance to quiz ourselves on a country that participates in the contest and of course your favorite one second song Yeah, that's right. It can't be any easier than last week. I was in charge of the One
3: Second Song this week, so we'll find out how James gets on later on. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is The Eurotrip.
4: So you are listening to The Eurotrip. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode. And thank you if you are a brand new listener as well, whether you've found us through a friend or perhaps on Twitter, because over the weekend... We had a fantastic Twitter thread about Eurovision artists looking like some other things, didn't we, Rob?
3: Yeah, I think this was uh, this was one of your creations, wasn't it? I'm not that I want to remove any responsibility from myself for this, but you uh, put together a lovely little thread which people can still see on uh, at Eurotrip Podcast,
4: which was uh, Eurovision artists as fast food chains. I just think we just needed to get a bit of colour on the Twitter account, a little bit more creativity, and uh put far too much effort into that more effort than i've ever put into any of these episodes of the podcast what do you think what do you really think dorados looked like burger king dorados uh, as burger king was my
3: favorite at uh, bucks fizz's subway also an excellent one uh, but we will ask uh, what the favorite was of uh, also joining us for the news in 90 Eurovoir's editor-in-chief anthony granger anthony hello how are you both very good, thank you. Now, to important business, which was your favourite off of the Eurovision artists as Fast Food Chains thread?
5: I think it has to be Herre Bjork as pret manger
4: <laughs> I bet you that's never <laughs> crossed your mind before, has it?
5: No, I can't say that. Uh, when, I, when I was sat there scrolling through my phone on the weekend and that popped up, I did sort of go, is this a plea for help? And which of you put that out? <laughs> um, so I'm glad I now know, James, do you need someone to talk to?
4: i feel like i do yeah either that or a brand new hobby because clearly i shouldn't be spending my time doing that should i no definitely not i mean who knows what threads might pop up
3: but yeah uh, as we said we're always doing stupid stuff maybe not quite as stupid as that on the twitter account so make sure you find us we're at your trip podcast on there uh, we're also on instagram as well but as we mentioned anthony is here to join us for the news in 90 your little bite-sized chunk of eurovision news in 90 seconds. Anthony, how are we looking news-wise this week? Junior Eurovision is uh, approaching quickly.
5: I, I think I've got enough to talk about. I'm worried that I may run out of time. I have my notes prepped. Um, so uh, fingers crossed I get it all covered in time.
3: Very good.
4: James, are you happy to take time duties this week? Gladly, yeah. I'll take the stopwatch. So for new listeners, Anthony has 90 seconds to tell us everything that has been happening in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest over the last seven days. Not an easy task by any stretch. So Anthony, if you are ready, your time starts in three, two, one, go.
5: So Armenia has withdrawn from the Junior Eurovision Song Contest 2020. The broadcaster was forced to withdraw due to the ongoing conflict with Azerbaijan bringing the number of countries down to 12, which is the lowest since the 2012 contest. Um, they revealed that they had actually selected a singer called Milena Fox to compete. She'll be revealing her planned song on YouTube in the coming weeks. Over the weekend, new details were revealed about the American Song Contest, so each state will be having a local selection with at least three songs in the running. Method of selection hasn't been determined yet, but it'll probably be via either at voting social media or our local TV station. Once each state has held its, held its elections, uh, there will be between five and ten qualifying shows to determine 20 uh, semi finalists. Two semi finals will be held with 10 songs each, each with five making it from each show final. And the broadcast that will be airing the competition will be announced this month. Israel decided to change its elections uh, process, having already uh, received all of its songs. Having originally planned a 16-song three-show selection, only 10 songs will now be competing. The selection now will now be held fully online, with 10 songs uh, being voted on by the public in the first round. Two songs will go through from the public. One will be chosen by a jury. The winning song will be revealed in a show in late January or early February. In Estonia, 156 songs have been submitted to compete in Esti Lao The songs are set to be revealed on November 11th and 12th. The selection is being held entirely in Tallinn due to COVID. Uh, ERR Studios will be... And that
4: is all of your time. We won't find out exactly what's going on in Estonia. They can look it up on uofwar.com if they want to find out all about that. We've got to choose something to talk about in a bit more detail. Great to hear some more news as well coming out of um, the USA about the... American Song Contest, let's hope when it comes to it, they're a bit faster at counting the votes than they are for uh, an election. Um, But Rob, are we gonna talk a bit more about Junior Eurovision? Because we are only a couple of weeks away now.
3: Yeah, let's talk about Junior Eurovision, but actually having said, you know, normally me and you then have to decide on something that Anthony is then gonna talk to us about in more detail. I want to talk about the junior Eurovision battle of the best. Now, this is something that is currently running on the Eurovoire Moments Twitter account. Just explain for us, Anthony, what the Eurovoire Moments Twitter is, is, is used for.
5: So the Eurovoire Moments Twitter is more of our sort of fun sides, loads of polls, random questions. We just want to hear your thoughts and sort of interact with you a bit more. It's a place to have a little bit of fun.
3: So with that in mind, what is currently happening?
5: So, Junior Eurovision Battle of the Best is the, we are aiming to find the best junior Eurovision song. So at the minute, uh, we are holding a load of national selections. Um, so up to four songs from a, each country are currently vying out on Twitter polls to be selected as that country's best entry. After that, they'll go into a series of heats with three countries each. The winner of each heat then goes through into some quarterfinals. From the quarterfinals, the winners go into the semi finals, and then we will hold two polls one to decide third and fourth, and then one to decide the best Junior Eurovision song.
3: It sounds like,
4: James, the World Cup of Junior Eurovision. That's what it sounds like. It does. It's great fun. Always fantastic to get the fans involved in these Twitter votes and all that sort of thing. Uh, Anthony, if you would have a guess straight away, do you have an idea? Is there a song that stands out for you that the fans are just going to jump all over because they love it so, so much? Because for me... 2020 is the first time I've ever watched the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. So is there a song that I've missed out on that the fans are just gonna love so so much?
5: That is such a hard question. Um I'm thinking it's probably gonna be either superhero from last year's so the Poland's winner, maybe one of the Maltese winners, if not. Uh if the Spanish find the poll, it's gonna be a Spanish entry. Um <laughs> so yeah, we'll wait and see.
4: So If you've got an opinion on what you think the best junior Eurovision song is of all time, don't forget to head over to Moments on Twitter to cast your vote. But now it is time for this week's One Second Song. Which means that you, sir, have to
3: disappear. And as I can talk to you now, dear listeners, I can see that James has removed his headphones, so there's no cheating on this week's podcast. Uh, And seeing as James has removed his headphones, Anthony, we can talk about how ridiculously easy last week's One Second Song was. What on earth was he playing at? Taken by a Stranger is one of those with a very obvious opening.
5: Yeah, there is literally nothing else like it from the past decade. So I'm I'm quite shocked at at how badly he did on that
3: one. Yeah, God love him. Uh, safe to say I've not been as lenient on him this week, as both you and the listeners will now find out. So for all of you at home, and Anthony for you, here is this week's One Second Song.
5: I am completely stumped. Either it is blindingly obvious, or I'm being really thick and it's just completely... I, I'm, I don't know on that one. I think that's genuinely the most challenging song so far.
3: Oh. <gasps> You heard it here first, everybody. Well, if you are listening at home and you think, I think I know what that is, stay tuned to the very end because we will, of course, reveal it once James has had his guess. Uh, but, Anthony, thank you for joining us once again. And just a reminder if people want to find all of the latest news with Eurovoix, where do they go?
5: You can go to Eurovoix on Twitter or like us on Facebook. Thank you as ever for having me.
4: This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So big thanks to Anthony there for joining us for the news in 90. You've just heard his guess for this week's one second song. I've not heard his guess. I've not even heard this week's one second song. I'll hear it a little bit later on. But as I usually am, I'm very nervous because I've never normally got a clue. And what were Anthony's passing words to you off uh, off the recording earlier on? He said to you, he said five words. I think, James, you won't have a chance. Which I think is sick words.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that has never right. been your strong point, as has Guessing the One Second Song. <laughs> anyway, thankfully for you, it's not time for you to do that yet because it is time for part one of our interview with Glenn Vela. Now, Glenn represented Malta at Eurovision in Dusseldorf in 2011 and agonisingly missed out on the grand final by a single point. You can just imagine it, can't you? That scene in the green room—you must be absolutely devastated.
4: Oh, you couldn't imagine it. Losing out on, you know, your dream. By just one single point, it must have been so difficult to deal with. But of course, 2011 wasn't the first time he ever tried to participate in the contest, was it, Rob? It wasn't. No, we will hear from uh, Glenn now in in this part about
3: his ridiculous journey to Eurovision. It took him a long time. It took him what six years from first attempting to represent Malta in 2005. But you hear from that in just a second. But I started the chat by congratulating Glenn on his recent wedding because he got married earlier on in the summer. So I asked all about his big day.
2: It was fantastic, okay. In Malta, um, during uh, two weeks before we were supposed to get married, um, in Malta we had a lot of restrictions. And you know, these are, we are used to have our upstanding um, reception in Malta. Um, so we had to literally change everything in two weeks and we had to do, um, a sitting down dinner which eventually I really really liked it's not in our culture to do it to be honest but uh, it is very nice to have a sitting down with the very close ones you know so we really enjoyed it actually it was so emotional I must say.
3: To Eurovision then uh, how did you first get involved because you starting to try to represent Malta came a long time before you actually did represent Malta.
2: My first attempt was in 2005 when Chiara won with Angel in Malta. That was my first attempt. And then I, I, I didn't participate again. It was like, I think, two or three years. And then I, I went back in 2007 or eight, and I returned with a duet with Pamela Benzina, then entered with a, with a group of five. um, We called ourselves Q for quintet. And then after that year, I took part as a soloist and played second. And then my year 2011.
3: What was it in 2005 that that meant that you, you know, what led to you trying to represent Malta in the first place? Have you always liked Eurovision?
2: In Malta, especially those days, even nowadays, because Eurovision in Malta, it's something like we take it very seriously. But back to those days, it was like the only thing that a singer in Malta um, can kind, can participate or can do. That, that was the only one. I always aim high, you know, in life. So <laughs> um, Then I applied and to be honest, it wasn't my first like, I applied the first time, 2005, and I went through. I think I tried two years before that, that year, which I submitted the song. I didn't make it to the finals.
3: So, but then the big year comes in 2011. Can you, remember, can you remember when you first heard the song, One Life, that you eventually went to Eurovision with? What did you think of it when you first heard it?
2: I didn't hear the song like I wanted to compose and I heard the song. I sat next to my composer, Paul Jordan Minor, and he had like a skeleton of the song, and I sat next to him and like he composed every line, you know, for me. And we went through it. I sing without any lyrics, obviously, so I'll be like hundred percent happy because that year, to be honest, I had that pressure on, You know what I mean? So it was like coming from with the group i came third. then i had came second then i and i felt like that year oh three two now it's the one (laughs) you know what i mean so i put a lot of like energy in that song and i can remember myself very clear that when I heard the arrangement it was like oh this was what I was thinking you know and the beat and everything.
3: What was it like the night that you you won the right to represent Malta?
2: You know what I remember <laughs> when when they announced my, my that I was the winner. The, it was the last judge that announced that I'm the winner, and I was like myself and the one Richard Edwards who came second that year, and he had a very beautiful song. He was, my, like, my favorite as well, you know? I felt, like, the competition with him um, that year. And we were, like, with the points. I'm first, he's second, then he comes first, and I'm second, till the last judge. And it was, like, it was so tough. And then the last judge gave 10 points to, to Richard, and it was, like, 12 points goes to... You know, okay, it was me, but I couldn't like having fun. Before, how can I say it? I was like deep down, I was saying, please, fell for me, please, fell for me, you know what I mean? But anyway, it was amazing game. Yeah? I remember myself like really, really happy.
4: And of course he was so, so happy because finally he'd achieved his dream of getting the ticket to represent his own country at the eurovision song contest you you couldn't even imagine getting that gig could you me and you representing the united
3: kingdom it's unlikely (laughs) now you've mentioned it i think the BBC will have had to get pretty desperate and i mean they've been very desperate in the past we won't won't talk about any acts in particular but the point at which it gets to me and you i think we know we're in trouble don't we yeah, something's definitely gone wrong along the line. I don't know who'd be in charge to make that decision. Will we um, be rebranding ourselves as the one time only's for the duration of the contest <laughs> that year or? Of course we will. What other name would we go by? The the Wogans. <laughs> now really, I mean, if you're gonna name a band after Sir Terry, you'd you'd have thought that he would have popped up there to uh, to give his,
4: his thoughts on the on the oh not, here he is. Oh he's he not, is. Terry Terry, not today, not this week. Go on. Go go back to bed.
3: Ho ho there, James. Hello.
4: I hear you've been talking about the old Wogan there. Why do I always have to speak to you, Terry? Why can't Rob speak? It's always me. Well, James,
3: that's a great question there, and one that I guess we'll never find out the answer to. But I just want to wish you the best of luck on your Eurovision journey
0: there.
4: Thanks, Terry. It always means a lot when you when you say nice things about us. It really I've,
3: does. I think... Has Sir Terry got the wrong end of the stick there? Does he think we actually are representing the
4: UK? Is that what's happened there? By common knowledge, Rob, you know that everything that Terry Wogan says was absolutely true. So it must be, it must be the case. While we uh, think about that
3: and you try and just imagine what that might look and most importantly sound like, it is time for this week's European quiz. Something else that we will probably do very badly in. So here is Sam to tell us this week's country will be quizzed on.
6: Today marks some kind of national day in Montenegro. It's 967 years since Montenegro, the Black Mountain, was first mentioned in script. Here are three questions about Montenegro. Ah,
3: the old, uh, the old 967, that well-known anniversary.
4: <sighs> he's clutching at straws this week. Although, Montenegro one of our favourite countries, because your friend and mine, Mr Rambo Amadeus. It's always a great opportunity to talk about Rambo, isn't it? I love it when Montenegro comes up and just talk about our good friend. Yeah, you
3: were very, very keen to get across to not just me, but the Eurovision world uh, on Twitter recently, that Rambo is, in fact, the, the song that made you fall in love with
4: Eurovision. Anybody who says otherwise, Rob, is, is telling a lie. Come on, admit it. That was the first song you fell in love with, wasn't it? The way he walked on that stage, wearing the cape, with that deep voice of his, you know. Yeah, oh, sceptic. It's almost as if he's here. (laughs) Analphabetic. Try not to be
6: hermetic.
3: That went on for far longer than I thought it was going to And I also bizarrely don't remember Rambo's uh, Geordie accent there But anyway, uh, you'll be
4: pleased to hear, James That I have uh, vast knowledge of Montenegro As you do of almost every other European country Because, am I right in saying you've been to Montenegro? I've been to Montenegro and I spent, I think, 10 days of my life in Montenegro
3: on the holiday It was a lovely little trip Really? Can you spend 10 days of your life in Montenegro and not get bored? Well, James, let me tell you about that trip because Montenegro is very beautiful and I would go again, but there were two things that happened while I was there. Uh, I went paddle boarding and discovered that I hate paddle boarding almost as much <laughs> as you. I absolutely despise it. It's one of the worst, most stressful things I have ever done in my life. So much so that we were supposed to be on a paddle boarding like, excursion, which was supposed to take six hours. And after half an hour, the instructor said, you're not enjoying this very much, are you? And I went, no, sir. No, I am not. Uh, So that six hours turned into half an hour. And then after that, later on that day, in fact, I then got the worst food poisoning I've ever had in my life and was stuck in my
4: apartment for the next four days. Ah, so it does turn out you can't spend 10 days in Montenegro without getting bored because you got bored for four days straight, I imagine, trapped inside a Montenegro apartment. I did, however, the lovely lady that lived in the
3: apartment below the apartment we were staying in insisted on going out to buy us pizza, so that was a a lovely
4: little gesture from uh, the people of Montenegro. Well, there you go. If you're not sold on Montenegro from that, then I don't know what will. Clearly, Rob is destined for a job on the tourist board there. But will any of Rob's knowledge help him in this week's quiz? Who knows. Let's head back to Sam for question number one.
6: In 2017 Slavko represented Montenegro on the Eurovision stage. Who was his second ever Instagram photo with in 2013?
3: I was hoping that Slavko was going to get a mention because I know that you are very passionate about Rambo, understandably, but I think Slavko might be my favourite of all the Montenegrin entrants down the years.
4: do you think? Do you think he's more popular than Rambo generally?
3: It's difficult to say. They're both
4: very popular in their own right, is what I would say to that. In terms of his first, or his second rather, his second ever Instagram post, I must say I don't know this. It's been a while since i scrolled that far through Slavko's Instagram. I imagine it is for you, Rob, although we did used to do it very regularly. But I've got a guess on this one. Either I've fallen for some ridiculous rumour. Or it's true that Slavko was once in a relationship with, um, Maria S- How do you say her name again? <laughs> Maria Serevich. <laughs> Maria Serevich. <laughs> Why does it sound wrong every time I say it? <laughs> Maria, who represented and won the Eurovision Song Contest for Serbia back in 2007. Have you deliberately left her surname out of that? James? Have you deliberately left all of the outtakes of me trying to say her surname out of this week's podcast? You know I have. I hope you enjoyed them (laughs) listeners as much as I did. So that's your Uh, guess? Yes. It is, because I feel like, yeah. as I say, I've either fallen for this rumour, or it is very true that the ones had a relationship together. So I'm going to say that she appeared in his second ever Instagram post. Now I too
3: am going to say that it was Eurovision themed, which seems misplaced given that this is the European quiz that is often not very much about Eurovision, despite the fact it's on a Eurovision podcast. So given that it was 2013, I'm going to say wildly that it was the winner of that year's Eurovision Song Contest, Emily DeForest.
6: The answer to that is Emily Sande.
3: So not Maria off of all of those outtakes, or indeed Emily DeForest,
4: what a shame. I don't think we could have been further from the truth. Uh, She was a singer, at least, and we were both on the right track. We both said female singers. But uh, Emily Sandé, how did we never guess that?
3: Yeah, I think we both know how we didn't guess that, because it's a very unlikely answer. But then again, they always are on the European quiz. (laughs) Talking of which, here's question number two.
6: It's almost impossible to listen to this podcast at the height of summer on Tresento Beach, Virtue Beach and Budva Beach, Three locations that all share one common review on TripAdvisor. What would make it difficult to listen to the Eurotrip on any of these?
3: Now, Sam likes these questions, doesn't he? He likes to ask us why you can't listen to the podcast in various locations. I think previously we've we've talked about a castle in... Can you remember where it was? Was it Estonia or something like that? I think it was Andorra. I think it was Andorra. I think it was a castle in Andorra and also the underground in Belarus.
4: Yeah, so clearly there's a lot of places out there and I'm really sorry if you live in these places that you can't actually listen to your favourite Eurovision podcast, the Eurotrip. So maybe you need to move somewhere else so you can listen in every single week. But not
3: those beaches in in Montenegro, by the sounds of things. I will go first then, seeing as you went first on on question number one. I'm going to say you can't listen to them and the fact he's mentioned TripAdvisor I think is important. I'm going to say you can't listen to the Eurotrip there because those beaches don't actually
4: exist. I've gone out on a limb, I appreciate. You certainly have. Now, speaking of limbs, I'm going to say, this is quite the segue, I'm going to say you can't listen to them there because they are nudist beaches. And for some reason, because of that, you aren't allowed to carry around your phone. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Yes, if we can stop talking
3: about nudist beaches, though, that would be preferable. (laughs)
6: These are three common summer party beaches with music blaring so loud it's attracted numerous negative TripAdvisor reviews year after year. Best grab hold of the OX cable early if you want to catch the One Second Song.
3: I do love the idea of somebody listening to the One Second Song in a uh, in a bizarre location. Actually, please do let us know if you have listened to the One Second Song in a bizarre location such as maybe one of those beaches in Montenegro, maybe an amazing castle somewhere in, I don't know, Slovenia or something. What's the most bizarre place you've listened to the podcast? Do let us know, at your trip podcast. Um, I enjoy there, Then that the answer was effectively, you can't
4: listen to the podcast because it's a bit noisy. Yeah, we were never going to guess that, were we? But would you ever leave a review on TripAdvisor for a noisy beach? Would that be one of your activities? Well, oh, well, it's terribly loud. here. Yeah, best leave a review on TripAdvisor. Is that your that's trip exactly ad- what you... Is that your TripAdvisor voice? I think it was my Rob Lilly voice, actually. <laughs> uh, would
3: I leave a, a review for a beach? I don't think I would. I think I mentioned, was it last week or the week before, the uh, the toilets in the Weiner Stadthall at Eurovision 2015. I'd leave them a bad review because they were mm-hmm. A, a long way away, and B, not particularly clean. You would not expect that from the Austrian people.
6: Finally, the Podgorica Municipality Twitter account recently tweeted about a new site in the city, a gift from the neighbouring region of Danilovgrad, Danilovgrad, Vo- something like that. What was the gift? First and foremost, which part of that do
4: you want to pick a party's pronunciation on? Uh, we'll start with the first one, uh, the capital
3: of Montenegro, Having been through it myself, I can tell you it's called Podgoritza, not whatever Sam called it, so Podgoritza, uh, famous for its tiny, 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 tiny,
4: tiny little airport, which is probably the size of your bedroom that you're speaking to me from right now. <laughs> and how about Danny Volgrad, Danny Vlovgrad, Danny whatever it's called, do you want to pick him apart on that? I don't, because I've never heard of it before. Danny Volgrad sounds like he might have represented Russia in the early 2000s, doesn't he? <laughs> did he not? I'm sure he probably did. He probably did. Uh, but they recently donated a gift that is a new site in the capital of Montenegro. What is it? This could this could be anything. I mean, we could say that after every single question we ever get asked, but this could be anything. And thankfully for me, given that this could be anything, it is your turn to go first. So uh, guess away. I'm going to say that they donated the very top of the montenegro itself they cut the top off donated it elsewhere there's a number of
3: questions there that we don't have the time for how do you slice the top off an entire
4: country well you know like the the mountain they've just gone up and went whack whack it straight off so basically (laughs) what so so basically what
3: you're saying there is that they've damaged their property and then they've (laughs) given it back to them would you like someone to do that
4: to you no, but it would be easier no No, we're done. No no, you... no, 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 I feel like it would be easier for more people to say, I've been to the top of Montenegro if it was actually at the bottom of Montenegro.
3: Be a better story to tell. I mean, it would, but it would also be a story of going to somewhere that wasn't the top of Montenegro because you'd taken it from the top of Montenegro and it was no longer the top of Montenegro. Anyway, this is the most ridiculous thing we've ever talked about. We've <laughs> spoken about a number of ridiculous things. I'm going to say... Just because it seems like a far more sane answer, I'm going to say they gave them a tree.
6: The Montenegrin capital has been gifted a new children's playground simply as an act of kindness and symbol of cooperation. It has absolutely nothing to do with the relocation of a giant water pipeline an investment of €100,000 mentioned in the same article. Nothing at all.
3: Do we think when Montenegro withdrew from Eurovision to spend all their money on those pool cars, they've actually spent it on that water pipeline
4: instead? There's a lot going on in Montenegro that they're keeping away from us, aren't they? You know, they don't want to take part in Eurovision because they want to buy some new cars and they also want to donate some playgrounds because something to do with pipelines. I think it's safe to say that uh, the journalist in
3: Sam the private investigator inside him is, uh, is, is on to something there, I
4: think. He's uncovered a a fantastic story. Potentially a story not for right now, though. I'd love to see that, though. You know, you've got, like, Ross Kemp on Gangs.
3: (laughs) Samuel Deakin on Podgoritsa, on (laughs) Dave Plus 7 or something. I'd love to see that. What this has all resulted in is, for the second week in a row, me and you have got no points. Pointless for two weeks on the trot, which is potentially what we might use on the poster for this podcast.
4: This is the Euro trip. Before we get back to the podcast, let me just tell you about this week's sponsor. If you're looking for support with your profile on social media, look no further than Emily's Social Media Services. Whether you need somebody to manage your Twitter account, or perhaps you want to reach more people on Instagram, or even want a brand new logo designed to stand out from the crowd, Emily's Social Media Services will be right for you. Emily is qualified in social media management and has been working in the digital marketing industry for the past three years. We've worked with Emily recently and she has really helped us with our presence online. So if you need support with your profiles online, search for Emily's social media services on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get back to the show.
3: This is the Eurotrip. So this is the Trip. Incidentally, you have just heard from the show sponsor. But if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, do not hesitate to get in touch. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. Just drop us a little DM. And uh, if you're talking money, I promise you, me and James will be
4: very much all ears. Indeed. We are very cheap as well. We'll uh, we'll take a, a sausage roll from Greg's, to be honest. But uh, anything else you want to push forward, we'll gladly take it. But it is time for the second part of this week's big interview with the one and only Glenn Vella, the man who represented Malta back in 2011, nine years ago. Can you believe it's been that long, Rob? I
3: know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Nine years ago since the contest in Dusseldorf. And we were just saying, James, how close Glenn actually came to making the grand final in 2011 himself. He was one point away. The song that beats him to the final was Switzerland, wasn't it? Was it Anna
4: Anna Rossinelli in love for a while? I think it was, yes. He was a point away from qualifying. He did fairly okay as well, didn't he? He was a point away from qualifying. He managed to bag himself 12 points from San Marino. Fantastic to put on the CV, but must be so agonising, mustn't it? I think I said this before, to miss out on your dream by just the one point.
3: Absolutely. No, it really, really must have been. But as we've learned from all of these Eurovision artists that we've spoken to over the weeks, once you've done Eurovision, you remain part of the community. And that means that Glenn has become very, very passionate on a number of different issues. And that is what you will hear in part two of our chat. In a little while, you will hear him talk about a subject that we spoke about on last week's podcast, which is that controversial uh, vocal rule. You don't have to have a live uh, backing vocal next year, that one coming in for 2021. But we started by talking about the Maltese national selection because for the last couple of years, Malta have not had their own national final. The winner of the X Factor has gone on to represent Malta. And that's something that Glenn himself isn't a fan of
2: the the Maltese Eurovision it's something national while is the X Factor it's something that it is zoned although the 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 Maltese television it's involved in it and I don't think mind you that this is my my honest opinion um that a winner of X Factor will go and represent um for Eurovision um Eurovision it's a thing X Factor it's another thing even the audience are, are different as well so even the fact I missed not not having the, the Maltese Eurovision, we missed to have like 16 original songs in Malta, you know? Okay, I I have to say it. When we have the 16 songs or 20 songs in the Maltese Eurovision, not all of them are good. Like there will be five, six songs, which are very good. Otherwise though, the others are average. But I think this is done in every country you don't have even the eurovision itself you know you will have 44 countries but maybe 10 will be very very good songs the other ones will be average and and above all that music is very subjective so a song you can like it and the same song i don't like it at all so you know what i mean so you cannot say do
3: you think now as you say you're you're doing a lot more coaching Do you think you could go one day as part of the Maltese delegation?
2: Who knows? To be honest, I was offered to go um, in one of the years and even to to do some backing vocals for the singer. And it wasn't possible for me because during the revision that time, I had some commitments in Malta which kind of wasn't worth to lose to do you know these things sometimes you you have to lose something to gain something they give a short notices you know so and there will be contracts which, which you will sign and then you cannot no. so so I was considering it to 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 go and support as well, so who knows <laughs> but to be honest, it can be either coaching or myself as a singer because now they they take off the backing vocalist in Eurovision last time i which Sorry to say, I don't agree. <laughs> the only thing that is it's being live, the singer and at least being vocals, you know?
3: So ev- every single former Eurovision singer who who we have spoken to about that rule that you just mentioned has said it's a bad idea, has said taking the backing vocalist is a, a, b- is a bad idea.
2: Not just a bad idea, very bad idea. <laughs> you know, very bad. Because, you know what, it's at least... Um, to be honest, I like it if it has to be done with orchestra. Nowadays, we have technology, orchestra also can play with stems and everything, so you can have like a very nice sound, a modern sound, even though you're having an orchestra. So that's what I primarily like. I like the orchestra if it had to be done. Since orchestra's not there, at least, at least, we will have the vo- all vocals live, you know? So, EBU, wake up.
3: Every uh, person we speak to, we ask what your second favorite Eurovision song was. So not your favorite, because everyone asks that. What is your second favorite Eurovision song?
2: Any Eurovision, not from An- my record, any, any.
3: Eurovision song.
2: Shady Lady, Shady Lady, I'm gonna do it. I like that song, but I think I'll give it second
3: What, what would be first now? I've asked
2: ah, uh, uh, first, there are quite a lot ah ay, yeah. Ay, ay. let me tell you something. If Sweden participated this year, it was one of my very favorite, even though they didn't participate I think. Their song its one will remain one of my really favourite ones. In fact, we, myself and my husband now, um, we use that song to enter our reception.
3: What Eurovision song would you have at your wedding reception, James? Because that sounds like an excellent idea, however, probably one that my girlfriend won't get on board with. You know what song I'd have at my wedding, Rob. Do you want to give us another little rendition? Yeah, no,
4: skeptic. <laughs> What a lovely romantic moment! I'm sure that would be. You wouldn't stand in the way if uh, if your partner said, "Let's have Rambo Amadeus at our wedding." You wouldn't go, oh, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, let's let's not." You wouldn't say that, would you? I reckon you could probably afford him. To be honest, I reckon he could do it live. I reckon he could as well. I'll uh, I'll write that down in the little wedding plan book that I've got going. Oh, you oh, have you? I I've said that, and I don't have a wedding pl- uh, plan book going at uh, all. Oh, yeah, I mean, think you're protesting a... too
3: much now. <laughs> But we have to say thank you very much to glenn for joining us on this week's edition of the eurotrip glenn of course as we said represented Malta in 2011 he missed out on the grand Final by a point but it's a song that will live on forever with the eurovision fandom so thank you very much to him talking of songs james that live on or maybe they do not with the eurovision fandom it is the end of the show and that only means one thing it means it is time for this week's
4: one-second song. Before you even hear it, how are you feeling? Uh, I've gotten over it now. I just don't really, I don't really look forward to it. I just think let's let's get it on. I'm just going to take a random guess because I never know what it is. So it's just a just a fun and game for me. I'm I'm not here for points. I'm just here for the participation. There's a better phrase than that, isn't there? It's the playing. It's the it's the taking part that counts, Rob. Yes, indeed. That was seamless.
3: Well done. (laughs) Now, I was presented with a decision to make this week because I could have gone down the same route as you and thanked you for your generosity on last week's One Second
4: Song. Which would be the fair thing to do, wouldn't it? It would be a nice gesture for you to give me an easy one as well. So, presumably, that's what you've done. If Anthony's guest is anyone to
3: go by, I think you might struggle. Anyway, he's already heard it. The listeners at home, you've already heard it. But, James, This is your first chance to hear this week's one second song. Rob, I know it. I know it straight away. Now, I told you that Anthony initially struggled with it, didn't I? Anthony has just this second sent me the correct answer. Are you going to match him with four points? Before you say yes or no,
4: let's hear it just one more time. Yeah, I think I'm pretty confident. Four points may be a stretch because I think I'm going to struggle on the year. But the, the artist, the title and the country, yeah, nailed on. Three points in the bag. Which is strange for me because I'm never confident. And there's only been two occasions where people have been confident. Both have been you. One time you got it nailed on. Another time it went drastically wrong. Which category do you think I'm going to fit into? Drastically wrong or tremendously correct? I know which one I want you to fit into, but... I think my, my head is telling me
3: something different. I think maybe I've done a U and maybe I've gone too easy. So come on,
4: what's your guess? My guess is the United Kingdom, Lulu, Boom Banga Bang, 1969. He's only gone and got the full four. <laughs> oh, now we're talking, check it out. My heart keeps on missing. I notice it most when we're kissing. Come closer and love me tonight. That's right. Come closer and
0: cuddle me tight. My heart goes boom, bang, a bang, boom, bang, a bang when you are
3: near. Now you said you weren't sure on the year, but you've got it nailed on. Of course, Lulu winning well lulu and everybody else it seemed that year winning the contest in 1969 with boom bang, a bang you've done it four points that's two weeks in a
4: row that me and you have both got the full four we're getting too good at this, aren't we? Next week, we're going to have to do the half-second song, aren't we? Just to spice it up a little bit and make it a bit more difficult.
3: Oh, I don't think we should do that, given that it's me guessing next week. I definitely don't <laughs> think that's something we should do. Uh, as I said, Anthony also got it bang on. He got four points. He said he wasn't sure whether it was Puppet on a string or Boom Bang-a-Bang bang, and then eventually went for Boom Bang-a-Bang, bang, which was correct. I just thought we'd do things a bit differently this week I thought we'd delve into Eurovision past Because we do a lot of songs from the, the 2000s But I thought we'd, we'd go way
4: back And I thought that would mean that you had no chance But here we are Sorry Rob, you're going to have to up your game No actually, I was going to say up your game next time But please don't, keep them, keep them at that level That's about my level So if you do, keep doing them like that That would be grand for me, that would be grand Well, let us know how
3: you got on at home. Do let us know at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter. We always love to hear your guesses for the one-second song. Uh, Eurovision by Jazz is always very keen to guess the one-second song on our Twitter. And you had all over the shop with guesses for uh, Taken by a Stranger last week. So who knows how she'll get on this week. But I look forward to seeing her
4: contribution on Twitter again, too.
3: But for us now, this is it. We're done, aren't we?
4: This is episode 15 over and out. It certainly is. We are all done and dusted for this week. We will be back, of course, next Wednesday with a brand new episode of the Eurotrip. In the meantime, we will, of course, be over on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get in touch with us to talk about anything to do with the podcast or Eurovision or anything at all, don't hesitate to get in touch on Twitter. We will also give you the first sneak peek at who the big guest will be next week as well. So be on the Twitter account, on Sunday to find out exactly who it is. Yeah, that's right. We're getting a very unique insight into the world of
3: Eurovision next week. That's all you're getting. A unique insight into Eurovision from somebody that you might
4: not necessarily usually hear from. And if that doesn't intrigue you and want to make you tune in next week, I don't know what will. But until next time, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. Those three things are are quick easy and free for you to do and it really really does help us to keep doing the podcast week after week it really does as james has
3: said there please please do drop us a review give us a rating because we will love you forever but we do love you for listening all the same uh thanks very much from me i will say goodbye from me as well i will say goodbye and you've left a gap for sir terry and he's refusing to say goodbye this week oh please terry please please Hoodie ho, then, all right. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, Santa, Sir Terry. <laughs> a good boy.
6: <laughs>
2: One laugh. I
3: can make
4: you move. I can make you feel good right oh fantastic (laughs) Fantastic to have that as a recording. also i found last week that um it was recording when you were singing um love wave you're taking over me
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that one yeah